Well, welcome everyone that's tuned in today. This is WNZN Radio. We're out of Warren, Ohio at WNZN. Again, that's 89.1 FM on your radio station. If you're not getting a clear message, you can just live stream us on your computer, and that would be www.wnzn.org. And so another beautiful summer day as yes. we're headed into 4th of July weekend here. I'm uh, in our office here with my friend David Abood. David. Hey, John. Great to be here today. Beautiful day. Good to be here. Sure is. On this 4th of July weekend, we're well into summer, which means less than half a year. It's Christmas time. <laughs> so <laughs> we're halfway through the year, and God willing, we're out of this COVID uh, yeah. experience. It's like, man, what just happened? You know, it's I just know. really strange time. Yeah. But, you know, what doesn't change, everything changes but the Word of God. Yes. We were just talking that. Uh, we were. You know, it was the Word of God 500 years ago. It was the Word of God 1,000 years mm -hmm. ago. I mean, if the Lord should tarry and we got 500 more years for this planet, it's, it's not going anywhere. Jesus says, heaven and earth will pass away, but my word will endure forever. And it certainly has. It's the best-selling book in the world. 2,000 years. It's, yep. the most, it's the most translated book in the mm -hmm. world. It's, you know, I mean, it's just, it's just not going anywhere. So no. just being into the Word of God as we look into the Bible... It gives you a certain sense of stability as well as edifying and educating and convicting and enlightening us. It serves all these different uh, qualities as we get into it. And today we're going to look uh, at a very, very well-known parable uh, in uh, Luke chapter 15. And we said earlier that Jesus spoke in parables that was actually in fulfillment of uh, a psalm, a prophecy that was in the Psalms, that when Messiah come, he would speak in dark sayings or, or right. riddles uh -huh. or parables. Mm -hmm. But then again, in Matthew 13, where we have probably the biggest collection of uh, parables, we see that, uh, that uh, the um, reason uh, for parables that people with the spiritual understanding could understand it, but those that weren't interested in that weren't, uh, weren't able to comprehend right. what the Lord was saying. And so we see that just reflected here. And, and matter of fact, I'll just read. And Jesus says, uh, "And in them the prophecy of Isaiah is fulfilled." I mean, Matthew chapter thirteen, verse fourteen: "Hearing you will hear and shall not understand; seeing you will see and not perceive. For the hearts of this people have grown dull; the ears are hard of hearing; yeah. their eyes they have closed. Unless they should see with their eyes and hear with their ears, lest they should understand and with their hearts and turn." So I should heal them. And then he says, blessed are your eyes, for they see. Blessed are your ears, for they hear. And that's a very powerful statement because he says in verse 11, it has been given to you to know the mysteries of the kingdom of heaven. And then he starts revealing these parables. And so it definitely is like it's meant to reveal mysteries of the kingdom, but it's also meant to conceal those that are hard-hearted, are not interested in spiritual matters. Mm -hmm. It's the same way today. I mean, at any given day, a person can come to accept Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior, or not. You know, and uh, it's even though the Word of God is going out through radio and TV and the internet on a daily basis, oftentimes it just falls on deaf ears, quite literally. Yeah. So um, we look. This parable we're going to look at today, of mm -hmm. course, is the parable of lost things, but in particular. Um, the lost son or what we call the prodigal son and that's in Luke chapter 15 yep now what you notice about this is how it opens up where it says uh, 
Then all the tax collectors and the sinners drew near to Jesus to hear him. Notice how sinners were attracted to Jesus. Yeah. They liked the message of the good news. Mm -hmm. Because oftentimes these sinners were outcasts to the religious leaders and rulers of the day. And of course, tax collectors, they were very um, uh, besmirched. They, 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 they actually mm -hmm. were working for the Romans, which was the occupying force in Israel at that time. And they were, were Jewish men, predominantly, yeah. and they were collecting taxes for the Romans from the Jewish people, but then they were taking a cut. Yeah. So they were looked at as being very dishonest. Yeah, they, and, they, they and didn't, kind of, didn't they feel like outcasts yeah. too? Like nobody, nobody liked them? Yeah, right. So you've got to believe the, the good news, the message that Jesus was conveying really just touched their heart, mm -hmm. at least some of them. Same way with yeah. sinners. It says right. they drew near to him. Right. And that's still the case today. People yeah. people know they're sinners, but what do we, where do you go with it? But the Pharisees, now this is the religious leaders of the day, and the scribes complained, saying this man, Jesus, receives sinners, and this is important, and he eats with them. Mm. See, it was one thing that he spoke in sermons or the crowd, but when he actually went and ate with them, that was problematic because they thought they were unclean, and why are you eating with sinners? Uh, are you going to be contaminated? They didn't want anything to do with sinners, when really sinners are the ones that need to hear the good That's news. That's right, yeah. So he starts out with the first little mini parable. You might want to read it, David, verse 3 through 7. Sure. Then Jesus told them this parable. Suppose one of you is a hundred sheep and loses one of them. Doesn't he leave the 99 in the open country and go after the lost sheep until he finds it? When he finds it, he joyfully puts it on his shoulders and goes home. Then he calls his friends and neighbors together and says, Rejoice with me. I have found my lost sheep. I tell you that in the same way there will be more rejoicing in heaven over one sinner who repents than over 99 righteous persons who do not need to repent. Okay, thank you. So yeah. here we notice yeah. um, there's a hundred of these right, sheep. Right. One of them strays away, but it shows how important that one sheep is to the shepherd. Yes. He's, God is concerned with the individual. Not just the masses and not just the big crowds. He's concerned with the individual. Mm -hmm. And this one, of course, uh, he says he loses one, um, but he goes after it. Now, a very important thing about this parable in Luke chapter 15 is it tells us about God and the nature of God, that God is a seeking God. Yeah. Remember when Adam and Eve sinned in the garden mm -hmm. and they're hiding, they're covering yeah. themselves with big leaves? God came looking for them. He, did. he came seeking. Mm -hmm. It says, he came, it says, Adam, where art thou? Uh, Jesus, it says, came to seek and to save yes. that which was lost. Mm -hmm. So you see this nature of God. Mm -hmm. Is he seeking? He's not willing that any should perish, but that all may come to repentance. And he doesn't even want to lose one. And, of course, he finds him, uh, like you just read, and yeah. then he says, Rejoice with me, for I have found my sheep which was lost. And this speaks of an individual that comes that comes in relationship with the good shepherd. Of course, Jesus talks about himself being a mm -hmm. good shepherd in John chapter 9. But um, there's great joy when one person comes to salvation. Yes. He even says there's joy in heaven, uh -huh. which is interesting. Um, then he goes, the next little mini parable here is the lost coin. Each of these will have something that's lost. It starts with one sheep out of 100, which is a 10% loss. No, 1% loss, 
and then you're going to have this woman mm -hmm. has 10 silver coins, loses one coin. That's what, a 10% loss. Yep. And then you're going to have the two sums. Yeah. And that'll be a 50%. You know, so, yeah, it goes from a relationship of 1 in 100, Luke 15, 1 to 7, to 1 in 10, Luke 15, 8 to 10, which I'm going to read. Right. And then 1 to 1, which is... 1 to 2, right. Yeah. The two so, sums. Right. Right. So the parable of the lost coin. Or suppose a woman has 10 silver coins and loses one. Doesn't she light a lamp, sweep the house, and search carefully until she finds it? And when she finds it, she calls her friends and neighbors together and says, Rejoice with me. I have found my lost coin. In the same way I tell you, there is rejoicing in the presence of the angels of God over one sinner who repents. There again you have it. Something is lost. Yeah. Notice it gets lost when it leaves the group. Mm. Okay? <laughs> That's not a good place to be. You leave the flock, you leave the purse, you mm -hmm. leave the household and drift. And here again, um, we see a search is being made with a light. Now, some will suggest that it could be a subtle hint of the Trinity. Mm -hmm. You see the good shepherd that mm -hmm. goes and leaves the 99 to go for the one. Right. That's Jesus, mm -hmm. identifies himself as a good shepherd. Yeah. This could be the Holy Spirit searching of the light of the Holy Spirit, convicts, you know, goes mm -hmm. and, and examines our heart. And then, of course, the third one would be the father of the prodigal. I don't want to stretch that too much, but there could be little indicators there. Now, this, again, shows the fact that this idea of seeking that which was lost. Yeah. And once found, there's great joy. Not just for the person found, but there's everybody celebrates. Yeah. This, right. You know, it's like think of a lost child at the mall or something. You finally find them. There's like great, you know, rejoicing and everybody's glad, maybe even weeping of joys mm -hmm. of happiness that sets up the one we're really going to focus on today and that is the parable of the lost son right now some have called this the greatest short story ever written mm. some have said this because why because it transcends time it has basic human drama you know two sons mm -hmm. and the father right uh, that that doesn't matter what century you're reading this or what country these could be read like yeah. today in america but could also be read in china or in Brazil, yeah. and the thing is still it has points of contact sure. here. It's, it's yeah. of, of, of greed, of <clears throat> lostness, of uh, wasted living, of redemption, of forgiveness, of bitterness, restoration. It has all these things jam-packed. Right. This shows the Lord, when he speaks, he, he, his words, there's great economic value. He doesn't use extra words. Even in the Lord's Prayer, the Our Father, he, it's very succinct. It's which suggests men didn't sit down and write this, you know, this Bible. No it's, yeah. it's just beautifully it is. the way it's, it's shaped and formatted and nuanced. But you can, maybe you could read, David, sure. and just uh, if you go 1 through 14, maybe. 11 through 14. 11 through 14. Uh -huh. Jesus continued, there was a man who had two sons. The younger one said to his father, Father, give me my share of the estate. So he divided his property between them. Not long after that, the younger son got together all he had, set off for a distant country, and there squandered his wealth and wild living. After he had spent everything, there was a severe famine in that whole country, and he began to be in need. Okay, so yeah. this sets the scene here. Yep. Um, here's a man. He has mm -hmm. two sons. The younger, now, two sons in the Bible is very... Uh, striking because you'll see at the very beginning the two sons like Cain and Abel. Uh -huh. the, the, now the 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 one that's going to be justified 
or blessed will be that second one, Abel. Mm -hmm. You see the same thing with Isaac and Ishmael, uh, Jacob and Esau. Right. You know, on down the line. And now um, you'll see the same thing happening here. Uh, two sons, and notice the younger sons said to them, the younger said to his father, Father, give me the portion of goods that falls to me. Well, when should he get these? When goods? his father passes. So yeah. what's what's his attitude towards his father? He, he doesn't care if his father's alive or dead. He's just a resource. Yeah. <laughs> you know, notice his attitude. Give me, yeah. give me the portion of the goods that falls to me or that belongs mm -hmm. to me. So the father divided to them. Yep. Now that's important. He's giving it to both sons, not just to the younger. They're both getting an early inheritance here, right? That's going to be important as we get to the close of this parable. Both to them, his, his livelihood. So one of the big problems why people get in trouble today is what's known as uh, instant gratification. They want it all now and not delayed gratification. Mm -hmm. If you can delay gratification and get something when you're really able to handle it, that's why not necessarily just young people, but people get in trouble with credit cards because they get it too young. Right. They don't know how to use mm -hmm. it. And they don't understand principles of saving right. or exponential growth or investment. But he wanted it right now. And that can be a problem. Yeah. Because you can't handle it right now. You need season. You need wisdom. You need to wait till your life unfolds where you can actually mm -hmm. receive the inheritance when the yeah. father dies. And he's, it's too early. He's getting this stuff too early. And he might have a great plan ahead of him, right? He might think, uh, I'm going to have a great life now. But notice, uh, it takes him several days. It says not many days after. So he's got to you know, get all his assets together and get all the property that belongs to him and cash it into money or whatever, gold for the traveling. He gathered it all together. Notice he goes to a far country. He wants to get as far away as he can get from his father. He needs distance. Now, we're going to see that this distance isn't just geographical, but it's spiritual. He wants to get away from authority. It, it, it's, it's complete disobedience, isn't it, Jack? Yeah. It's almost like he hated his father and his family. Well, which, he was self-centered. Yeah, uh, yeah. Because back in those cultures, uh -huh. today to a certain extent, but not like back then, the most important thing was the family name. Right. They have a, what's called a shame-honor culture, and the 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 worst thing you can do is bring shame to your family name. The best thing you could do is bring honor to mm -hmm. your father's name. Right. Now, we don't have that quite as much in our popular culture. But really, when you consider that is the goal of as a believer, as a Christian, what is the Our Father? Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed, hallowed be thy name. We yeah. want to bring glory to our Heavenly yes. Father, but we <clears> should <throat> also want to bring honor to our family name. Yeah. Am I right? Right. Because that's your father's name who got it from the grandfather and you're passing it on to your children and grandchildren that in generations to come, wherever they might go and they hear your, the name Abu, yeah. <coughs> your last name or my last name, right. they say, oh yeah, that has a good name in the right. community. That has a, right. you know, that's powerful. And, but he doesn't care about any of that. He's self-centered. He cares about himself. Mm -hmm. He thinks he's got, he's got all these great plans, right? <laughs> he goes to a far country but what happened? He wastes his possession. And that's where you get the word prodigal. Prodigal means waster. Uh, uh, somebody that just uh, dissipates wealth or uh, just uh, gets rid of it in wasteful manner. He wastes his possessions in prodigal living. That's what it means, prodigal. Is that showing your translation? Yes. Yeah. yeah. Then it says, 
But when he had spent all he had, mm-hmm. I mean, he must have been living a wild time. There arose a severe famine in that land, and he began to be in want. He didn't count on number one, he's going to spend all this money that quickly, and number two, a That's natural right. disaster is going to come, a famine. That's right. An economic downturn, whatever. This is not in his plans. Right. He's not able to handle this. Mm-hmm. But notice, we're going to see in a moment that God uses hardship sometimes oh, yeah. to bring people to himself. Does he ever? Am I right? Oh, heck yeah. <laughs> so you, there's an interesting verse in Amazing Grace. The second verse says this, "'Twas grace that taught my heart to fear, mm-hmm. and grace my fears relieved." Now that was written by a man, John Newton, who was a slave trader, and uh, he, he was in a terrible storm right? Uh, and yeah. he would transport these people from Africa to the England. And he thought he was going to perish. And he cried out to God and he repented of his sins. And he thought he was going to die. And he changed his whole life. He quit that trade. He would mm-hmm. end up writing the, the famous hymn, Amazing Grace. Right. Because why? That, that threat, that hardship, that crisis called, caused him to call out on God. Yes. And, you know, any, especially a men's fellowship, if you open it up for testimonies, how many of those men came to Christ when there was a crisis in their life? There's an old saying, some people won't look up until they're mm-hmm. flat on their back. Yeah. Am I right? Because when things are going well and the sun is shining, and this kid early on yeah. in his travels, he was probably happy, yeah. had a lot of friends, and now it's all gone. It's all yeah, gone. Yeah, and that's what the enemy does, you know, uh, and that's what sin is all about. The enemy makes it look so good on the other side of the fence. That's right. Until there's hardship, until there's... It it always turns into hardship at some point. Sin always has a cost. Yeah. There's no way around it. And and so... And the enemy is not forgiving or doesn't give you a second chance. He's not consistent. His job is to take you down that path and throw you into a dark hole. Yeah, It's right. that simple. Yeah. So... This story brings brings all that out here, too. So. so the Bible says the way of the transgressor is hard. Yes. And so it might seem good for a while, yeah. but like you say, David, it's got a hook in it. It's mm-hmm. like bait. When you got a fish, right. you know, you got this shiny the lure, and you yeah. got the bait, and it looks good, and the fish takes it, but it hooks them. Yeah. And, and, and it's often it's a gradual process. Mm-hmm. We used to say that sin is, is almost like a thread. It feels so light as it winds itself around you until it's so strong like a cable that you yeah. can't break it. It starts small, it ends up big. It, there, there was a movie out called God Is Not Dead. Uh-huh. And uh, if you saw that one, uh, there was a story of this, uh, this guy, and uh, he had a brother, but his mother was in a, a nursing home, and mm-hmm. she wasn't with it at all. And everything this, this kid touched turned to gold. Right. It was one thing after another. Beautiful cars, his businesses kept going from one thing to the next, beautiful women. And then uh, he went to visit his mother, uh, who wasn't saying a word for months and months. And, um, you know, she basically spoke to him that said, you know, you have to realize what's what's happening right now. You have to get out before the door closes and it's, it's going to end for you, which means you have to come out of this and follow follow Christ and not just be focused on worldly possessions mm-hmm. in your wealth. Because he was pushing away God. He didn't have time for God, didn't have time for church. All he was interested in was the, the next hill. And out of the blue, his mother just talked to him, right? I mean, 
you know, j just to tell them that you have to take a look at your ways and change uh, because it's, it is, it, but isn't that how the enemy distracts John? I mean, it makes, he makes everything comfortable yeah, for right. a period of time. So why would you look back? Why would you change your path until you had to? Yeah, it, it says the pleasures of sin are, are pleasurable for a right. season. It says yeah. that in the letter to the Hebrews. Yeah. Uh, but it says that, that Moses forsook that lifestyle. He had everything. Right. To identify with his people and, and to follow God. But it, it, you cannot tell people that sin is not pleasurable for a season. Right. It's bright lights Absolutely. and it's party and it's laughter. Oh, yeah. And, yeah. But it has a cost. It does. It has a price tag to it. And we're going to see that here mm -hmm. where it says um, now in verse 14, this, this famine comes. There's a whole... Yeah. Uh, I mean, just think of what happened in the world this past year with COVID. This was totally unexpected. And economies dropped yeah. and businesses were lost. Right. That's what happens to this young guy. So then he goes out and joined himself to a citizen of the country, and he sent him into his, the fields to feed swine. Now, Jesus is giving this parable to a Jewish audience, and there's yeah. Pharisees and scribes there. You cannot go any lower. So when it says he goes to a far country, it probably means he's in a Gentile country. So, the fact that there's yeah. pigs, and you can't even have pork today when i take tours and lead tours to israel they have a rabbi that checks the breakfast that there's no pork products out there bacon or sausage or any of this stuff that's how strict it is david and so yeah he's he's in a far country that's gentile he's got nothing and now he's going to go feed pigs you cannot get any lower well yeah doesn't he sell himself into physical slavery to the gentile he doesn't it's not clear there, but that's what it is. Right? Yeah, well, he joined himself, yeah. probably like an indentured servant. Right, right. Yeah. And, and, he, and that's a detestable job to the Jewish people, oh, feeding pigs, right? It's horrific. Yeah. You wouldn't do it. Right. Matter of fact, when Jesus went across the Sea of Galilee yeah. and delivered the guy that had the demons, right. they cast the demons into the pigs and then went over a cliff. They're considered unclean, and uh, he is doing the worst thing possible. Yeah. And he, don't forget... He's not only destroyed his father's wealth, mm -hmm. but he's destroyed his father's name. There it is, yep. The reputation. What could be worse? And you know how word travels that this kid is doing this stuff. And so there you, you he's at what we would call the bottom, at the, bare, at the bare bottom right now. That's right. But what this is going to show us is that God can rescue and save anybody. Nobody, especially if anybody's listening today, think that you've sinned so bad that God cannot forgive you. There's, you have not That's crossed right. the line. If you're listening That's to this correct. today on WNCN, on this radio station, uh, Jesus says, Whomsoever will, let him come unto me, okay? And I will in no wise cast him out. It says, God, God answers a broken and contrite heart. It says, I will not refuse. The, the, the two biggest prophets we always talk about is take a look at Paul and Moses. Yeah. What they did before. How many people did they kill? Yeah. You know, and uh, and then look at him. Two of the greatest prophets of all time, John. Yeah, yeah. You know, so anything is possible regardless of what you've done. Yeah. Regardless. We serve a God of, of right. new beginnings, and, and his mercies are new every morning. The, pro the problem is today is the day of salvation. Yeah. And if you hear his voice, the Bible says, do not harden your hearts because we're not promised tomorrow. Right. You know, promised tomorrow. Oh, I mean, um, you know this as well as I do. I mean, could be a healthy person uh, you know and you somebody last week it was there's i was i heard 
there was their spouse. They were going to go on vacation, and she was 40 years old. They went to bed at night, and she woke. She didn't wake up the next morning. It was oh, gone, gosh. an yeah. aneurysm or something. Oh. Sort. Or you're driving along, and it's a bright, sunny day, and somebody goes through an intersection and T-bones your car. You're gone. There's no guarantees. There's no guarantees. There's no guarantees of today is yeah. the day of salvation. Absolutely. You know, today is the day Don't of salvation. Wait. Don't wait. <laughs> you know, somebody says, yeah. well, I'm going to wait till I'm on my deathbed. You know, they call that an <laughs> 11th hour conversion, but you might die at 1030. No kidding. <laughs> you know, <laughs> so now look what yeah. it says in verse 16. He longed to fill his stomach with the pods that the pigs were eating. But no one gave him anything. Notice so that. He must have been making almost zero money. When it a, says yeah. the pods that they were right. eating, that means he wanted the... The pig food. The, the, after yeah. they ate it. Right. And left just the, the corn cob. Yeah. Do you see how low uh, he is yeah. going? He can't go any... This is the bottom, okay? And again, it tells me that we serve a God of forgiveness. It doesn't, you know, he can it, cleanse us from all sin. You know, it, it kind of begs the question, he couldn't even find mercy among people. Uh, apparently, you know, once he was wealthy, right? It, what, what happened to all those friends or people he was with? That's right. It said it doesn't even show anybody coming here to help him. Nobody could help him. Because right. why? They were they were good time friends. They were with him until he really got in trouble. No one gave so him they, anything. Th that's the thing. Yeah, you no know. one gave him anything. But notice where it says that. Yeah. No one gave him anything. Right. He's got problems man can't fix. It's like sin itself, David. Man, we can go to a psychologist, we can go to a counselor, but there's things in our life that only God can fix, and yeah. that that is salvation itself. And the other thing you said to me when we got into our uh, walk together, John, on this on this Christian walk, uh, you told me that you know we're born alone and we die alone, yeah. but we're not alone when we're in Christ. Exactly right. That's the thing. And and that's the thing that you really have to understand, regardless of your circumstances, you are not alone. And the Holy Spirit will reside in you when you become a Christian. And that is a powerful thing to yeah, think right. about. Yeah, exactly right. You're never right. alone. You're never alone. Yeah. And that's the beauty. You know, let me give you an example. This is a really interesting illustration of sin and how far it takes us from where yeah. we intended to go. This a famous, I want to read this account. July 2nd, 1982, a man named Larry Walters uh, made a 45-minute flight in a homemade airship made of an ordinary patio chair and 45 helium balloons. Here's what he did. He, he got these balloons. So he lives in California near Los right. Angeles. He's got these uh -huh. helium balloons. He fills them up with helium. He's in a lawn chair. Okay. Okay. Yeah. And it, I'm reading here. Um, he says... Uh, he decided to try flying his idea. His intention was to float over the Mojave Desert and then use a pellet gun to burst some of the balloons in order to land. Uh, he took a, a camera with him, and he had 32 of these weather balloons. And up he goes. Well, he had the thing tied off to his pickup truck, but the ropes broke. And instead of just going up and hovering, they broke loose. And he actually went so high, he was in front flight paths of airliners. They called it, he became known as Lawn Chair Larry. Oh, that's hilarious. So finally, finally, he got scared of shooting these things, because the balloons, because he thought they were going to come yeah. down. To, so what? he had a little CB radio. Here's what he took up with him. He had a Pelican, a CB radio, sandwiches, beer, and a camera. And up he goes. And what finally happened, he started descending. He got caught in power lines, but he didn't die. But notice that. All he wanted to do was go a little, but like sin, what happens? It takes you farther than you want to go, and it costs you more than you wanted to pay. That's true. He became famous, but it was crazy. Yeah. You know, and so yeah. how many people, 
an affair starts out with just a little flirtation or somebody takes their first puff of marijuana cigarette and that leads to heroin addiction or they take a, just a drink, you know, a, a shot of whiskey or and all of a sudden they can go into alcoholism or, or gambling. All of these kinds of things start small they do. and nobody thinks they're going to lead to bondage and sin. Just like this kid, this young man, the younger brother, he went off to a far country, yeah. he had a pocket full of gold, silver, look at all these friends I got and now who's his friends? Pigs. He's living with the pigs. Well, it, and it even seemed like the pigs were better off than yeah, he was. Yeah, right. You're right. <laughs> I, no. And, oh, uh, but I, I like Let's, that what it says. Yeah. No one gave him anything. Right. Because man's deepest problem, man's deepest problem, men can help. They can give you advice. They can give you counseling. But man's deepest problem is a sin problem. And that's why Jesus says, whoever's thirsty, let him come unto me. Who is ever hungry, let him come unto me and I can fill them. He satisfies man's deepest longing. The, the thing I love most about this story, and you said it's one of the greatest short stories mm -hmm. ever, and I can see why, because the thing that, that hits me the most is how God is always waiting for us to come back. Yeah. Ever since Adam and Eve sinned, he is looking for us. He's looking for us, the individual, not a group of a thousand right. or a million. He focuses on one individual, regardless of what you're doing, even if you're distracted, he doesn't, he didn't, his dad didn't criticize him when he came home, you're going to see. Well, that's he powerful. Just, he just brought him right in and hugged him and kissed him and kissed him and gave him, you know, the, the best calf and everything right. else. Right. That's the power of God's love. And that's something that I think if you're listening and, and you feel completely lost and there's no way out or your life is just clicking by and you're doing the same things over and over every day just to exist or to numb yourself, the, 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 this is the path for you. This is the path for you. This is where you'll get everything you need and more. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so, and, and that story rings true. The enemy, forget it. He's going on to kill the next person, to take the next person down, mm. but not God. God's always waiting. And the thing I like most, and, and this is what, what helped me as I became a Christian, is I used to criticize, you know, or... I would uh, verbally, you know, beat the kids up in terms of why'd you do that? Yeah. How could you have done that? And when you start to get in the Word, you see how the Creator of heaven and earth does it, and you start to pick up some good skills. Yeah, right. No, you're right. <laughs> I mean, uh, you know, and, and, and how to run your own family and your life. So, yeah. You yeah. know, it, it, it is it, several interesting things here. The next step in this kid's downward progression was yeah. death. Yes. I mean, where can oh. he go from there? Nowhere. If you're living in a yeah. pigsty and you're eating the food after the pigs eat them, you're, you're just a... And what, what do you think he's thinking? What's the enemy want him to think? I'm just going to kill myself yeah. and be done with yeah. this. Yeah, despair. Yeah. So, For sure. Right. So so he does this, and no, uh, nobody gave him anything. In verse 17, it says, now this is critical, but when he came to his senses, mm -hmm. now that's, that's, the, that's your pivoting point right yeah. there. Now... The problem with many people in life is they don't come to their senses. They live life. They think, okay, I don't have to worry about it. I'll worry about uh, thinking about God or heaven or hell when I get older. But no, you want to come to your senses. Right. What this suggests here is that, well, if now he's coming to his senses, who was he before this? See? He was almost living like an animal. Yeah. See? He, he was living with the peer group. Yeah. That's true with so many people. I mean, I remember growing up and, you know, before I came to Christ, you go with your peer group with the strongest influence in your life at that time, almost like a herd mentality. Well, everybody's doing it. You ever hear that phrase? Everybody's yes. doing it. Oh, yeah. But it, it just, it's destruction. 
And now he comes to himself, finally. You can almost see this sitting in a pigsty. And he's sitting there and he's thinking, what is going on? Where am I? There's a very interesting verse in uh, Genesis with Hagar when she leaves and, she's, and the angel says, where are you coming from and right. where are you going to? Right. Everybody should think about this, David. Yeah. Where are you coming from and where am I going mm -hmm. to on this path? And it says, and he came to himself and he said, now he's self-reflecting here, which is very powerful. And he says, how many of my father's hired servants have bread enough to spare? And I perish with hunger. And now he's remembering the love and the care of his father. That's deep down. And that's what we got to remember when we get into this spot uh, that yeah. God's mercies are out there. That's our heavenly father. He says his servants don't only, are, they're not only getting bread, but they got bread to spare. Yes. You know, and he's probably hoarding a, a, an old corn cob, a dirty right. corn cob yeah. in his hand. I know. And he said, and he but the key here is he remembers his father. And oftentimes we, we come to salvation when we remember the love of the mm -hmm. Father. For God so loved the world. You see, for God so, it doesn't say he loved, it says he yeah. so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that right. whosoever believeth in him should not perish. This kid is perishing. Yes, he is. He's perishing. Yeah. And so now he, he comes and he reflects and he remembers. And notice what he does in verse 18. Yeah, I will set out and go back to my father and say to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and against you what's he doing there he's doing something very oh, interesting he's asking for forgiveness he's yeah. asking for forgiveness he's you know he's asking uh he's clear that he has sinned and he's communicating that he what his sin is and then he's going to ask for forgiveness and he's taking responsibility yes. he's not blaming the father for giving him the inheritance too early right. he's not about the older brother's bad attitude towards him he he is taking responsibility, and he says, here's what I've done. Yeah. I'm not blaming this on anybody. I, and he, notice he makes a plan. Yeah. He makes a plan. Right. He says, I will arise. I will go to my father. I will say to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and before you. And like you said, David, he's conscious now of sin. Right. He's done wrong. Yeah. He's violated moral laws. Yes. He's violated moral laws. Now he continues this plan. I'm going to say to him, I am no longer worthy to be called your son. Make me like one of your hired servants. So he, now anyone in business will tell you, if you have goals, you have to write them down. In other words, he could have made these goals and not done anything, right? right. The key was he's going to act on his goals. He's going to act on his plan. Too many people will, will feel bad when they get caught or they get in a jam or something and they want to reform their life but they don't follow through. Am yeah. I right? If yeah. I get out of jail, I'll do that. If I can get out of this predicament, I'll da da da. But they don't do it once they get out of it. And you, yeah. you know, it doesn't, right. the bad situation didn't serve them well if they didn't correct him mm -hmm. and redeem themselves out of it. But he's gonna definitely change his behavior now. But there's a very important thing that's gonna happen in verse 20. Yep. If you look at that. Sure, so he got up and went to his father. But while he was still a long way off, his father saw him and was filled with compassion for him. He ran to his son, threw his arms around him, and kissed him. Okay, number one, he like I said earlier, he followed through with his plan. Yeah. He just didn't sit there and regret it and remember his home. He arose. I like that. That's the type of a yeah. resurrection. He arose, okay, yeah. and came to his father. But what does this tell you about the father when it says, when he was still a great way off, his father saw him? What does yeah. that tell you about God the Father? Well, it, it, 
it, it paints a picture uh, towards sinners who repent. I mean, just but just that, God's, just yeah, God's great love for us. Not only his great love, but just that, that one phrase. When he was a great way off, he saw him. Yeah, and he ran to him. But when he says he saw him, yeah. that tells us that we can never come out of God's presence. We can never ah, go beyond his sure, presence. Sure. It also tells us he was looking for his son. Yeah. Because if you're a wealthy man like that, That's you're not going to be yeah. standing on the edge of town looking down the road for the return of your son, your errant son, right? It tells us God's omniscience. He's, he all, he knows where we're at. I don't care. It says that in Psalms 139. Yeah. If we go to the depths of Hades, he knows there. He, he knows. You know, John, that's a really important point, especially for people that are not Christians. If they heard that yeah. and understand that God's actually waiting for them and sees them every day. You know, I know a lot of people that aren't Christians and they don't think God sees them. I know it. I, I, and I try to explain to them that that's not true. He created all of us in his image. Yeah, right. He loves you. He wants you to, to come back. And he wants you to come back and repent so he can show us his great mercy. Yeah, right. He doesn't want us to perish nor escape through the, you know, through the fire, you know, and and, and follow the enemy's path. He doesn't want that no. for any of us. He sees us no matter where. Here's what it says in yeah. Psalm 139. Oh, Lord, you have searched me and known me. Right. You know my sitting down and my rising up. You understand my thoughts from afar right. off. You comprehend my path, my lying down. You are acquainted with all my ways. There is not a word on my tongue, but all, but behold, Lord, you know it all together. You have hedged me behind and before you laid your hand upon me. Uh, such knowledge is too wonderful me. It is high. I cannot attain it. Where can I go from your spirit? Where can I flee from your presence? If I ascend to heaven, you are there. If I make my bed in hell, behold, you are there. If I take the wings of a morning and dwell in the uttermost parts of the sea, even your hand shall lead me. Right. And your right hand shall hold me. If I say, surely the darkness shall fall on me, every night shall be light about me. Indeed, the darkness shall not hide me from you. I mean, on and on again, night, day, uh, on land and sea, in darkness. He knows our thoughts before we think them. He knows the words before we speak them. And, you know, and, and here's the thing I just thought about. Lee, you were talking about how crazy the world is right now, and it is. It definitely is. Um, but it's been crazy before, mm -hmm. it's just in a different way. Yeah. And, uh, you know, the thing with God is, you know, you kind of think about uh, the, the moment of the storm when the uh, disciples were on the boat and he was sleeping. Right. And I think about that in the world conditions today. And what I go back to is how calm God was. He's like, yeah, so what? There's a storm. Okay, is it bothering you guys? You know, and then he calms the storm. Right. But I think when you follow him, we all want to try and get some of that equilibrium and that, that incredible uh, ability to not be driven by what's going on around you. Right. To right. get, he doesn't get involved in any chaos. He doesn't care how severe your sins are. He is there. He's consistent. He's constant. It's the same God, regardless of what goes on. Yeah. And 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 just by knowing that, I think it calms our spirits as Christians. You know, so regardless of, we can have flying monkeys. Right. All over right. Our head. Right. And you know, and for me, I try and go back into that to calm myself down. And to realize he is all about calm and grace and mercy and beauty and all those other things. 
and then that calms me down. Yeah, just being in the Word of God right. has a stabilizing effect on you. Just reading this, I mean, this thing is yeah. 2,000 years old, right? And it still yeah. speaks to us today in, in, in high definition, as I can say. Right. It will speak to somebody 200 years from now when right. we're long gone. It's, it's the power of God's Word to stabilize. And like you say, in a chaotic world, we need a stabilizing Thank force. You. We need an anchor. And it, it can anchor us. It can really encourage us, and it shows me... That God is always out there. In right. He's omniscient. He mm -hmm. sees us. The Bible says in Acts chapter 17, in Him we live and move and have our very being. Yeah. I mean, we can't escape Him. That, that, that is so powerful. John, it, it, I really hope that it was heard today that He's watching everybody. Yeah, right. That He wants everybody to follow Him. And He's waiting for you. His he's eyes not pestering you. He's letting you go out down any bunny tra trail you want. That's right. And he's there ready to welcome you. And he's not even going to talk to you about your sins when you come back. In true repentance. Right. If you, you know, really his repent, eye, his eye really is on the sparrow. Right. There's an old song. It used to be, uh, said the robin to the sparrow, I should really like to know why these <laughs> silly human <laughs> beings run around and worry so. <laughs> said the sparrow to the robin, I think that it must be. They have no heavenly father such as cares for you and me. There it is. I love that one. Yeah. <laughs> but it's true. Right. We're running around, we're doing this, we're doing that. What happens every morning? The birds are singing. <laughs> I know. They're not going to the grocery store. <laughs> <laughs> you know, anyhow, but it's true. What are we yeah. doing sometimes, you know, exactly. in our lives? We're like in a hamster wheel, you know, just keep rolling. Well, that, you know, that's the reason we, we need this. We need other people, too. Like, you and I need each other. We need our group. We need to be, we can't be alone. Yeah. Like this guy was. Those people didn't care for him. Nobody even came to, to help, him help him and say, hey, listen, let, let's take you into our house for a couple nights. We'll get a hold of your family. Oh. He was alone. He was alone. What happened to all the money and all the friends he oh, thought he evaporated, had? Evaporated. Yeah, evaporated. And, and I think that's an important thing to know. Well, you're right about yeah. community. Yeah. I mean, the, when did the sheep get in trouble? When he left the 99? Right. When did the coin get lost? When it left the purse that contained yeah. the 10? When did the young man get in trouble? When he left the household family. Right. Uh, so it says here, but notice, notice the distance that's being closed in this one verse. Okay, when he's, verse 20. When he's still a great way off, his father, look at the verbs now. His father saw him, mm -hmm. has compassion. He runs. The father runs. He falls on his neck. He kisses him. Five things, often five in the number of grace in the Bible. But these five movements, and in those cultures, rich men didn't run. You know what I'm saying? They they had robes, they had jewelry, they had rings on. He, he runs. This tell you how quick God is to forgive. Yeah, especially the disrespect his son showed him. Not only that, yeah. what does he look like coming up that dusty road? Oh, what right. does he smell like? Yeah. What is the father doing? He just doesn't call him from afar off. He runs, mm -hmm. he hugs, he kisses, mm -hmm. he embraces him. Right. Wow, that's pretty powerful when you think of that's the mercies of God. That's why I would say today, anybody that hears this message, it's not me or David, it's the Word of God saying you are not too far away from God's love and His right. mercy. If you're willing, like the prodigal son, to leave your life, what the Bible calls return your back on it, which the Bible calls repentance, draw near to God, and the Bible says in James chapter 4, He will draw near to you. That's a promise. And a broken and contrite heart He will in no wise refuse. Jesus says, whomsoever shall come unto me, I will in no wise cast out. That's a, that invitation. Yeah. The welcome mat is out. And the life that he has planned, we're going to see that in a moment, mm -hmm. 
is tremendous. So he, now we have this embrace, but notice, I want you to notice something here. It, verse 21 says, And the son said to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven, and in your sight I am no longer worthy to be called your son. What doesn't the father let him say in his prepared speech? Remember, he prepared a speech. He says half of it. What will not the father allow him to say? It's in verse 19. Oh, verse 19. I am no longer worthy to be called your son. He won't let him say that. Yeah. He stops him after he admits he's a sinner. Yeah. You know why? Because our acceptance and worth in God's eyes is not based on what we can do. He wanted to work his way back to God by being a servant. It's oh, about grace. Point. It's about grace. Yeah. He stops him there. It's not our good deeds. Once he admits yeah. he's a sinner. Right. He, he doesn't allow him to say, I'm no longer worthy, make me a servant. Mm -hmm. No, he accepts him, not because of what the son has done, because of the love of the father. And we are saved. We are saved by grace through faith. You see, this is the oh, important yeah. thing right. that's going on here. Uh, and many people don't understand this, that it's a free gift. Salvation is a free gift. This kid had nothing to recommend himself to the father. He had no nothing. You know, he had no money. He probably had, his clothes were tattered and torn and he smelled and his hair was disheveled and everything. But he was precious in the sight of his father. The yeah. illustration is given, if you're going down the street uh, and, and there's a $100 bill on the lawn, you're going to step down and get it, right? Now, if you, see, you go down the street and you see a $100 bill all crumpled up, you're still going to go down. If you see a $100 bill on the street, crumpled up in the gutter, soaking wet, you're still going to grab it. Yeah. What if it's crumpled up and it's laying in mud in the gutter? Are you going to still pick it up? Yeah. yeah. Why? Because it has intrinsic right. value. Yeah. Every single person has intrinsic value That's right. to God. That's Why? Yeah. Because we're made in the image of mm -hmm. God. Even though we're fallen and separated from God, he wants to restore that image through the grace of God yes. and through the blood of Jesus right. Christ. We right. all have value. Yeah. This boy had value. Yeah. The coin had value. The lost sheep had value. God, as you said earlier, David, he values the individual. We live in a world of 7.5 billion people on this planet right now. Social security numbers, ID numbers, all of this stuff. That's what the government is looking at. But God is looking at the individual. Yeah, and, you know, I, I heard a lot of people also say when they've gone into a church, they haven't liked that church. The Christians are, are rude. They're not good people. That's not what it's about. Uh, God is not that way. We are all sinners, uh, and especially after um, the Garden of Eden. So don't look at that aspect. Understand that God is not humans. <laughs> yeah. And all of us are sinners. And yeah, the, the, I, I understand how that can happen sometimes. But um, that's the other thing that, that you have to mention, too. Just because when you get into a church sometimes, you you're, you're, it's hard... You, People are there, and people are operating the church, so you're always going to run into our sinful nature regardless of where you go. But yeah. it's still worth doing. Oh, yeah. Because it's a wonderful, you have to be in a church, especially when you become a Christian, you have to be around other Christians. You have to be. And look at families. And be fed into it. Yep. Families, all families have a certain lesser, or have some dysfunction, have some oh, yeah. problems or issues. That does not mean you don't have a family or you right. leave your family. Same thing with the church. If you have people in process, everybody's mm -hmm. going through a certain stage in their right. spiritual development. Right. There might be some people in the church that aren't yet believers, or they're not strong believers. Or, and it, they, that was true in the early church. Right. 
it's all it's all through church history. I mean, look at the twelve that Jesus yeah. chose. One sold him for thirty pieces mm -hmm. of silver. One of his chief friends denied him three times openly. Most of them ran away at his most critical yeah. moment when he asked the three to pray while he prayed in the Garden of Gethsemane before he's going to be crucified. They were going to sleep. My point being that we're human beings, but we're saved by God's grace, and we should be developing spiritually. Don't get me wrong. But church is where you want to do that. And we rub each other, and we yes. might rub each other wrong, or do, right. but that's part of the growing process. Yes, it is. That's part of to yeah. learn forgiveness mm -hmm. and, and restoration. Mm -hmm. So now, this is very powerful. But the father said to his servants, verse uh, 22, bring out, no, no, it's not just a robe, but what? The best robe. The best robe. robe. Yeah. The best robe. Because what is he wearing now? Rags, <laughs> right? He just says, say, yeah, <laughs> don't bring out just yeah. the robe, but the best robe. Right. Oftentimes, clothing indicates character in the Bible. Just like it, it says, Adam and Eve clothed themselves with fig leaves. Mm -hmm. God covered them with uh, skins, animal skins, which suggests the innocent dies for the guilty. Joseph had a, a suit of many colors, a cloak of many colors. Jesus had a cloak that uh, was seamless. It talks about believers are going to wash their robes in the book of Revelation. It says they wash their robes in the blood of the Lamb. So oftentimes clothing indicates character, yeah. and this indicates a new character for yeah. him. The best robe, number two, what else does he get? So um, let's see. So quick, bring the best robe and put it on him. Put a ring on his What finger. does ring mean back in that time? Okay, yeah, I, I wrote that down. Uh, let's see, so... Sign of authority, authority and sonship. It's because that's often how yeah. they seal documents, legal right. uh, documents. Right. Uh, yeah, that's right. With, with almost the, like with a notary. Wax. Yeah, yeah, with the they wax. Had that big wing, ring. You put it in the, the wax. family emblem right. or something. Exactly. So that he's he's now robed. Yep. He's now got power. Right. He's wearing a ring, and then it says the other thing. It says um, there's yeah. going to be and sandals on his feet. Sandals on but, his feet. Yeah, which, which suggests he was barefoot. Yeah. But is a barefoot, you're a servant, right? Yeah, you're a servant. And servants don't wear shoes. Right. So he was taking him up from that, from where he came. And then he says, bring forth the cat, fatted calf and kill it. Yeah. Not just any calf, but the fatted calf. Yeah. That was the one that was most the biggest, right. the tenderest. Yeah. And let us eat and be merry. Entertainment. Yeah. Fellowship. Because why? One of the things the Lord does, he just doesn't save us, David, but he puts us in community. Yep. See, one of the things with this boy coming back was he not, he shamed himself. He shamed his family name, but that got all around the village. Everybody right. knew it. What the father is showing him here, not just that he's restored to the father, but he's back in community. He's I, this in. is powerful yeah. right. because my life, I, I've been able, by God's blessing, to travel uh, different parts of the world right. and yeah. be with believers in, in condos, high-rise condos in Bangkok, to villages in north part of uh, uh, Thailand, uh -huh. to, to churches here in, in Cleveland or Philadelphia or Dallas or Puerto Rico. And you're, it's the fellowship. You're part of a family, you know, brothers and sisters mm -hmm. in Christ. He just doesn't save us alone to keep us alone, you know. And he's bringing this boy back into community. I love this. I love this. Oh, yeah. That's a gift. As much as the ring, the robe, and the sandals, it's a gift to be put back into And he's got music, right? Yeah. What's one of the best things about the Christian faith is our hymns, our music. Yes. I'm serious. It's so right. amazing grace and how uh -huh. great thou art and great is thy faithfulness and silent night. You know, right. we have all this great music. We do. And yeah. so it says, uh, 
then now he says, uh, now they're going to eat. They're going to have fellowship together. But we're going to start wrapping it up on this. He still has to deal with the, look what he says in verse 24. For this son of mine was dead and is alive again. He was lost and is found, so they began to celebrate. There it is. Number yeah. one, he was dead. Mm -hmm. Bible says we're dead in our trespasses and sins, right? Mm -hmm. And he was also lost. What does it say in Amazing Grace? Once I was lost, but now I'm found. Once I was dead, but now I'm alive. Yep. Amazing Grace, how sweet this sounds. So now that was his condition. That's our spirit condition before we come back to the Father. But now look at verse 25 and 26. Yeah. Meanwhile, the older son was in the field. When he came near the house, he heard the music and dancing. So he called one of the servants and asked him what was going on. Your brother has come. He replied, and your father has killed the fattened calf because he has him back safe and sound. Okay, notice, he comes, he's out in the field, he's working, he's coming. Yeah. Do you think he might know what's going on in the house? Oh, sure. He knows. Yeah. Notice he won't go in. He sends a servant. Yeah. He won't go in personally. Now, uh, so, he, but w he says, uh, they, they explain, your brother has come because he, your father has received him safe and sound. See, once we receive salvation, we have safety and soundness. We're sealed by the Very Holy Spirit important. till the day of redemption. And that's, we, a, that's another reason, regardless of what's going on in the world, that's exactly. where you have that comfort. You've got security. That's, that's where you got your security. I will never leave you nor Absolutely. forsake you. You see, that he's safe and sound. I like that word, right. safe and sound. Uh, that, that is tremendous. Yeah. <laughs> and so then he says, um, uh, then the father, um, <clears throat> and he said to him, your brother has come because he has received him. Notice his response in verse 28. The older brother became angry and refused to go in, so his father went out and pleaded with him. Notice the father. Yeah. The father goes out to look at the, the sinful younger brother, yeah. but he also goes out for the prideful, self-righteous brother. That tells you something about God. He's willing to come after, you know, on this spectrum, you have this hardcore younger brother sinner uh, living drunkard and harlots right. and all that. Yeah. And then you have this self-righteous, prideful, resentful that you've accepted this sinner back into your midst. I'm not going to be part of it. But the Father goes out to him too and pleads with him, it says. That's like the Holy Spirit, David, continually, like with Paul. Remember when Jesus knocks him to the ground on the road to him? He says, mm -hmm. Saul, Saul, why do you kick yeah, against the goats? Yep. He says, you're, you're resisting, you're resisting. Right. This boy is, the older brother is resisting yeah. the, the, the invitation of the father. And look at the father pleads with him and he says this. He says, he, he said to him, to his father, these many years I have been serving you. I've never transgressed your commandment at any time. You think he never broke a commandment? Nah. Yeah. He's breaking pride and oh, yeah, self-pride. He's got a pretty high opinion. Yeah. But the, what the younger brother had a low opinion of himself. Right. He says, I've sinned against you and against heaven. This boy's heart, the older brother's heart is hard. You see, he's, he's thinking he's self-righteous. He's prideful. Yet you never gave me a young goat that I might make merry with my friends. Now notice something. How did this parable start out at the verse 1 and 2? Who was outside when Jesus went in to eat with the sinners? The Pharisees and yes. the scribes, yeah. they were self-righteous. Ah. They wouldn't go in. They're on the outside. Who's Jesus eating with? Sinners yes. and tax collectors. Who's so, the, so the oldest son illustrates the Pharisees. Exactly the right. Yeah. They're not entering in to eat right. the fatted calf, yeah. the music, right. all this good stuff because of resentment and pride and self-righteousness. 
Do you understand? Yeah, this, he turns yeah. the parable on the here. Yeah. Jesus goes like this. They're here. They're, they're here in the parable. They're here in the parable, and then he turns it on them. It's powerful stuff because yes, they were like yeah. the, the like they're saying, "Are we the older brother then?" Do you see what he's doing here? Yeah, and, and the other thing we have to, what God reminds us here of is the fact that as Christians, even as we get more into the word and we think we know a little bit, we always have to be very humble and we have to be more like the Father in this story all the time. We don't want to turn into the Pharisees. Yeah, right. You know, saying, oh, look at that sinner over there, look at that. Because, you know, that that's exactly what we don't want. Yeah. You're not going to convert anybody if you're like that. Yeah. Well, Jesus even says, take the plank out of your own eye before you try to take the speck out of your right. brother's eye. Yeah. This older brother could not see the plank in his own no. eye. He should have been running in there to get with his younger brother. Mm -hmm. That'd be part of his restoration. But he resented it. Same way the Pharisees and the religious leaders would not go in and join Jesus right. because of yeah. their own self-righteousness. This... I right. love how Jesus turns the table on yeah. these guys. Yeah. I mean, and he says, he says, um, verse 30, but as soon as this son of yours, he doesn't call him my brother, this son of yours came and who has devoured your livelihood with harlots. It didn't say earlier on that he was living with harlots, but he's telling about these sins his brother did. Yeah. He must have heard about his brother's living. Always beware of people that want to point out your sins and don't acknowledge their sin. You know what I'm saying, David? Mm -hmm. it's, it's We're each responsible. But he's saying, did you know what your younger son did? He did this, he did that. But he says, and he said to him, son, look, he calls him son. You are always with me, and all that I have is yours. It was right that we should make merry and be glad. For your brother was dead, and now he's alive again. He was lost, and now he's found. Powerful, yeah. powerful oh, yeah. image of God. Sinners, yeah. self-righteousness, pride, forgiveness, restoration. All these things, David, are contained in this little drama. That's only and, what. And you also see the essence and the being of God in this. Exactly. That's the main thing. The, the primary uh, figure is God. Yeah. It's the Father yeah. in, in this story. Exactly. A lot of people get lost with the kids, but it's all about the Father. The Father, right. yeah. yeah. He's, he's, he's open. He's willing yeah. to save to the uttermost. Mm -hmm. And we don't just get saved and he leaves us saved. He gives us things. Jesus says, the enemy comes to rob, kill, and destroy, but I have come to give you life, that's salvation, and life more abundantly. I've never met somebody that's truly been born again and serving the Lord that was unhappy. Doesn't mean you don't have setbacks. Doesn't oh, yeah. mean we don't have grief or Absolutely, sorrow. Absolutely, and you will. But they yeah. never regretted it. And I've been at the deathbed of people that have known Christ, and I've seen them die. And there was a yes. famous quote of a, a, a Roman emperor that watched Christians being martyred, being killed for their faith. And this thing is in print where he said, these Christians die well. He said that, these Christians die well. And, I mean, this 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 thing echoes, this parable echoes through the corridors of time, does it not? It's just sure any does. culture, any people group, have a family, understand these principles, this drama that's acting. But it, like you said, David, it shows the nature of God. It shows the nature it, of God. It's only by God's grace that we are saved. It's not by our good works. Exactly And right. that's the other key message to this. So, again, thank you, everybody, for listening to WNZN Radio, Lorraine, Ohio. This is 89.1 FM. And we just uh, pray you have a great 4th of July weekend. Yes. And uh, stay safe. Right. Uh, thank God we're coming out of COVID, Lord willing. And and think about, you know, the freedom we do have in this country, you know, and, and uh, the tremendous blessings. 
And to realize that in Jesus Christ, through his shedding of his blood, the Bible says, whom the Son has set free is free indeed. And so have a great 4th of July weekend. Remember that thought. Yes. Take care, everybody. God bless.